to the APM podcast. APM is the chartered body for the project profession. My name is Emma DeVita and I'm the editor of Project, APM's quarterly journal and your host. In this podcast, I'm speaking with Dan Jennings, who recently established a project management office at the UK wing of global media agency Wavemaker. His team has worked on everything from Evian campaigns tied to the Wimbledon tennis tournament to delivering product placement within Married at First Sight on Channel 4. And as those creative projects have become more complex, whether through multi-platform content partnerships or the arrival of new channels such as smart speakers and WhatsApp, project management skills have become even more in demand. I'm speaking to Dan about what it's like to establish a PMO from scratch and introduce professional project management processes and expertise into a sector unfamiliar with it. What have been his main challenges and what advice would he give to others faced with a similar situation? Let's find out. First of all, welcome, Dan. Welcome to the APM podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's lovely to be here. I think a good place to start would be to tell us a bit about Wavemaker. We're a global media agency. I think there's 12 international hubs around the world. There's over 7,000 what we call Wavemakers. So everybody in it is, we're all a, you know, we're all a Wavemaker. Um, we're right across the globe. So, you know, LA, Miami, New York, all places that I hope to visit at some point. But at the minute, I'm in London. Um, I'm on the South Bank in London. Beautiful offices overlooking St. Paul's, overlooking the Thames, you know, stunning. And ultimately what we do, I mean, I guess it's our job to work with brands. So work with um, clients such as you know, Colgate is one of ours, um, Danone, so like you'll know Evian Water, for instance, or Eurostar, William Hill. And it's our job to kind of work with those brands to help them to ultimately to understand you know, how they should connect with their customers, when they should connect with their customers and, and where. So you know, how do you show up with your advertising? And it's our job to be specialists in that place, to kind of put them in the right place at the right time. And, and ultimately get them in front of the right people. So it's our job to make their advertising work ultimately. When I first started, I had a small project management team in my area of the business. And we, I started talking about project management a lot. And I realized the kind of six to eight people who reported into me were the only ones listening because people think they're not doing, unless you've got a title of project manager, people think you're not, they're not doing project management. And so much of everything we do across the entire agency, yes, there's a lot of business as usual stuff, but there's a lot of projects, you know, a lot of project management right across the work that we do, right across the business. And even those skills that you talk about in project management, you know, they're critical to every single role, whether that's problem solving or stakeholder management, relationships, communication, all those things. So yeah, project management is you know, absolutely the skill set is kind of sit within every single element of our business. How long ago did you start? What were you hired to do? And how has your role changed over that time? Um, so I started in February 2019. I had a bit of a squiggly career, which we might touch on at some point, having come from kind of radio and broadcasting and stuff. So, so my background was not traditional project management. Did you go through a project management training kind of path? I was a producer at the BBC at one point, like you know, when I left school, and I got trained to be a journalist, which ultimately, when you think about it, is so much of that is project management, right? Because it's you know, you know, the interview or the slot that you've got has a start and end. It's temporary. You do the different things every single day. You know, so those skills I kind of was just learning without knowing that they're they're project management skills, really. You know, never giving you that title. And I, I did like a breakfast show, for instance, for gosh, probably about ten years, and. You know, every day you were planning a new show, new content. What's the thing going to be tomorrow that we're going to talk about? 
you know, and ultimately when you think about it now, you know, with, that, with my project management hat on, it, it was all, like, I was managing a project. So that breakfast show was a project. You know, we had a goal to, to get to the, the, you know, more listeners and all that kind of stuff. You had a, an objective. You, you had a plan to get there. You had stakeholders, you had communications. So it was all project management. So it eventually kind of led me to this thing where I fell out of radio a bit and I was kind of like, what am I going to do next? And this idea that these are kind of transferable skills and I, so I moved behind the scenes in radio and started managing branded content. And it was a mixture of kind of the things that I love about creativity and creating work and working with clients and brands and things, but also project management. And I started then kind of really trying to, you know, getting more into the kind of understanding of the language and the terminology and looking at, you know, resources like the APM stuff. Um, and then when I arrived at Wavemaker, it was a brand new role. It was, so it was what we call content partnerships. So not kind of traditional project management as such, but if you imagine, you know, William Hill um, sponsoring I'm a Celebrity South Africa a few weeks back or sponsoring the Sky Max channel, you know, you're watching TV, you'll see the sponsorship credits. It could, could be something like that, or it could be you're listening to Absolute Radio, a place that I used to work at, and you're hearing content that's created with Morrisons or there's a big competition on air, um, you know, and, they, and they're giving away stuff in a fun game. Or even the other week, like the BAFTAs, one of our clients, P&O Cruises, sponsored the BAFTAs. So it's those types of projects that were all led out of the content team. So I was, I was heading up project management in, the, in Wavemaker content. We'd work with our kind of partners at ITV and Channel 4 and things like that on all, all kinds of things, you know, even like, you know, nationwide sort of sponsoring the Lionesses on ITV. Some really cool brands doing really cool, exciting stuff, you know. And even smaller things like Mumsnet, an amazing kind of you know, hugely influ influential platform, you know, hugely important to that audience. But we've been doing some amazing work with them, with Lego, um, with, the, with the Lego Land Discovery Centers. So I, so I was running those kind of the team who were running those projects. My brief was to come in and, and kind of, you know, it's like I say, starting from scratch, setting up all the new processes, ways of working, looking at how we did things currently, how we could constantly improve and that kind of end to end thing. But I had a really small team of project managers. I think probably it was like six to eight, but lots of experience, which was, which is always helpful. But the other thing I had was, um, so we had the, the whole team was probably about 40 people. So I had kind of this dotted line approach where, you know, they had to kind of report into me for the ways of, you know, all the ways of working, the new processes were going to be right across the team and the whole team could run projects. It's just that my team were proper like specialists. So yeah, so we had to kind of design everything, build everything, you know, um, and then constantly iterate, you know, what's a better way of doing things, working with the partners, working with ITV, Channel 4, people like that. So yeah, so you know, really cool, really exciting, some really great kind of project work. And, and I think as we went along that route, you realized that, um, you know, you need that kind of shared language when you talk about projects. And I think where, where some of the things that I've kind of learned with the APM and the apprenticeship, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, became just so, so important. But yeah, the initial thing was, was content. And then my role has since then has kind of expanded out to where I'm now kind of central within the agency. So creating our first PMO, PMO of, of me and my team. And, and we still deliver all the content stuff, but, but also things like, you know, operational initiatives, projects that are kind of more like business operational, I would say. So for instance, with a couple of projects at the minute I'm looking at is, you know, how we can do things in a more efficient way, how we can free up people's time. It's called Make Space. And we're also like a project where we're building out a learning development program. You know, these are these are not content projects. This is not my background, but project management is enabling and the skills in that are enabling us to do this, you know, right central to the agency, which is which is a huge big difference. What have been the benefits that you've you and the team have brought to the business and was it tough convincing those in the organization 
to believe that you could de- to do those things that project management was actually worth it um the benefits i think i think that shared language and and you know comes coming through from a pmo so that everybody is talking about projects in the same way um and also you know, every PM likes to work slightly differently, and we all bring our own personalities to a project and our own ways of working. But there are some things that should be standardized in businesses, I think. So we brought some of that standardization so that if you were, I don't know, the, mar- the head of marketing at Nationwide, and you were working with one of my team on a project, but then the next time around, it was a different member of my team, you weren't getting a completely different experience. You know, there were similarities. We weren't kind of just, you know, doing things in a completely different way. It wasn't joined up. Um, so things like that, which sounds, you know, sounds simple when you talk about it, but it was a real kind of game changer of, of kind of adding that discipline into into ways of working. I think the benefits to the agency in terms of getting stuff done. Mm, how <laughs> I remember, wonderful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I remember when, when, when we started with the PMO journey, I kind of, I, I was really, um, I was really keen to talk to all the kind of senior stakeholders. So our um, Exco, our agency leadership board. And I had all these kind of one-to-ones on, this is during, must have been during COVID, but I had all these one-to-ones on teams talking about it. And I was interviewing them. And somebody said to me this lovely quote, which my colleagues at Wavemaker probably won't thank me for, but said, if we, if we were going to look, and this must be true of so many organizations, right? They said, if we were going to look at all the initiatives that we've ever done, we'd launch an initiative to do it. And it's still my favorite quote now, because we, we, we're one of those businesses, I think so many businesses like this, where you launch things and then and they're led by like senior leaders um, and then you don't deliver the change maybe you're expecting or they kind of fizzle out, they don't have that momentum. And then the net, the year after, another thing kind of gets launched and, and eventually people go, hold on, what happened to that thing before? Isn't this the same? You know, whereas project management, whether it's PMO or, or just those skills, means that we got stuff done. We help people to account. So suddenly things were changing. Things, you know, you're, you're adding the benefits are that you're actually doing what you say you're going to be doing rather than kind of, coming up with a new plan every year and then not executing it. So yeah, that, that, that would be the biggest, I think. And, and what are the challenges you faced? Was it a hard sale to explain to others what pro- proper project management is and what the PMO would do? Project management can have a bad rap, right? Because I think depending on your experience of the project manager and that, you know, that journey you've been through, you know, we've all been on great projects and we've all been on lousy projects that don't don't move forward and go anywhere and i think sometimes project management can have a pr the pr the perception rather is that it's bureaucratic uh, we're adding hurdles in the way people can't it's a barrier to getting things done I and mean, i think we definitely had a bit of that where it, it, you know there wasn't that belief in the fact that people thought project management was project managers and i think the kind of real changing point was that kind of understanding that we're, we're talking about how we deliver work you know and i think you know even even sometimes not calling it project management calling it delivery um or strategic implementation or something different because i think people you know immediately the perception was that project management sometimes is is admin or it's you know or, or um it's a more junior role yeah. yeah 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 it's like, yeah exactly it's like the red tape it's as you know it's it's well, we won't get to the answer. We won't get to that thing because the project managers will ask us to do this. And it's like, well, yeah, sometimes the project managers are asking you to do that thing because it, it will, well, most of the time it will add value and it will get you to where you need to do. And, or it might, you know, it might mean the project isn't worth doing, you know, all those kind of important things that we know. But yeah, so there's definitely a bit of perception thing. I think there was also, I mean, one of the biggest game changers for me was, um, so this was before we started on the PMO, really. It was, we created a, pro- a project management apprenticeship like um, we called it a project leadership academy 
And rather than it being entry level into the agency, it was a bit of that, but it was also for people right across the agency to sign up and join and learn project management skills. Okay, what like in their own time, or they were given some yeah, piece, yeah. A bit, bit of, yeah, on the job. So there was a bit of that time that they got they got in, they got study leave time and all that kind of stuff. But it was the project management level four, so the APM. They got to do their um, project management qualification. We had twenty people initially on the first cohort, including myself. So that was a shock to the system. Going back to you know reading books and study guides and revision and writing essays and all that. But, but it was an amazing experience because it wasn't it wasn't just my team, although some of my team did it. It was right across the agency in every single specialism, every single discipline. How do you work alongside the other people in the organisation? So when you've got projects to work on, are you involved very early on in those projects right from the start or do people come to you? How I want to know the relationship you have with the people who come to you with the project. So I guess not necessarily the internal projects or maybe that is true but but for client kind of led projects as well how how do you work so the people side of things I guess I'm interested in yes there's a mixture of that I think some of our teams will work very they'll check in with us on the on the relevant plans so um, as an example we've just built a really cool AI conversational recruitment tool for the Royal Navy I mean this was a three-year project from the first kind of conversations whereby Royal Navy wanted to or knew they needed to change their recruitment model. So this was a conversation going back, yeah, going back three years. And I think when you think about project management, usually what happens is the the business case is dealt with, you know, you, the requirements gathering, you get to a kind of thing where the project manager, management, you know, where that handover and the project manager will then deliver the projects, whether it's the build or the first iteration of the tool or whatever. But actually project management was right there from the start. So we were involved in the, what we call discovery, which is like, you know, the, the fact finding piece of work of, you know, what's possible, you know, how should this work? What do we want to propose to the client? Which is really unusual, I think, because usually it just gets handed over when it's when it's kind of ready to go or, or sold, for want of a better expression. And we, yeah, we were there checking in all the time. But then some, there are some other projects which get agreed and then they get handed over to the PM team, to the PMO to deliver. Do you have a particular project management approach or methodology that you like to use? I talk about a toolkit, and I think some some projects in the partnership space particularly lend themselves to a kind of waterfall approach. And we talk about agile quite a bit, but I think there's different meanings on that. Yeah, we take the best bits and we use the bits that are in our toolkit for the right projects and the right client in the right way. I think if, sometimes if we got really technical on some of the project management stuff and did things by the um, the body of knowledge book, perhaps we'd probably put our clients off. You know, I think I think part of it for me is about how you know we arm our teams with the toolkit, and then you pick the right things in the right way. Like I say, some things are standardised, but it's about picking the right tool for the right job, for the right project, for the right stakeholders, all those things as well. What advice would you give to others who are perhaps setting up a PMO or it's early days? What advice, would tips would you give to them about getting the team to work together? So when I first proposed the whole PMO thing, I wrote, you know, I, like I said, my background was all radio, right? I'd never, I hadn't come from a training, like official training, if you like, or business school or any of that stuff. So when I was thinking about that, how could this kind of, you know, the, you know, the news would be important to the agency. It was adding value through the apprenticeship. I wrote the biggest, longest business plan you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> how many pages? <laughs> oh my God, probably about 70. You know, just total overkill. I didn't know what I was doing in terms of writing a business plan. Nobody taught me that. You know, I'd watched a couple of YouTube videos. 
and surprise, surprise, you know, this massive document, no, nobody even opened it, I don't think, didn't get read. And so I think my advice is, is start showing value, just crack on. And that's kind of what I did. It wasn't my role title, actually, the point of which starting PMO, my role title hadn't changed. I hadn't got a promotion. I hadn't, you know, I just started doing and started with the team working with them to, to kind of go, let's show some value start leaning out of the projects that were our safe space, if you like, like content. Let's, we started allocating 10% of our time to the business operational projects and just started doing. So I think that's probably, you know, the biggest thing was kind of just crack on and start showing value. I think that when I look back at that, I cringe at that business plan now. When I look back at it, there were so many things I wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'd read all these PMO books and I'd, I'd, I was got through the apprenticeship and I was kind of, you know, I knew that it can add value in so many areas, but I kind of chucked them all in this one plan and it's just me, you know, there's this, the resource was me. And it's like, actually, you know, figure out where you want to start and start adding value quickly as well. You know, you, you know, it can't take forever. You know, some projects take forever, but you've got, you've got to kind of show value quickly to the organization. I think also getting on board, you know, doing the interviews, understanding where there's consensus on where project management or a PMO can add value, the types of projects, and then whittling that down so you can kind of prioritize, you know, you've got the voices of the senior leaders in the organization, but you've hopefully come to some kind of consensus where they, they, they're joined up in terms of the value that it can offer. And then for me, the, the, the biggest thing as well is like, is that whole thing around learning and, and trial and error and just constantly looking forward, constantly iterating. I'm one of those people who I can't sit still, you know, I'm constantly looking at the next thing, which I think is probably true of project management generally, right? We all kind of, you know, we all want to get to the next milestone. So, so it's, yeah, so I think that's about kind of how can you just constantly improve the processes, the ways of working, the relationships, and just, you know, just dial it up by, you know, 1%. Interesting to hear you talk about the learnings and taking learnings free from everything you work on and moving on. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, so we do it on every single project. We'll have, um, depending on the length of the project, we might do it throughout the project. So it will be every quarter. Sometimes we'll do it every status meeting. If, it, you know, how are we doing? Is there anything we can improve? And then we take that feedback and, and bring it back into that project. But then we also have a, like a centralized database, I suppose, where we can pull all that learning so, so we can see where there are similarities. I'll give you an example. So one of the things that's, that comes up sometimes on projects is that you know, you know, stakeholders don't like too many emails. I think we're all probably, you know, we're all probably experiencing that, particularly post-COVID. I think there's just, a, there's just, an, we're just overloaded with communication, whether it's you know, Teams chats on your, your, you know, your messenger thing or emails, our inbox never being empty, that kind of stuff. And we had just a couple of bits of feedback where it's like, I'm just getting, I've just got too much, email, too much email, too much emails coming through. I can't deal with it. It's not just our stuff, but you know, it was just that volume of things in their day and simple things like, it's like, well, okay, why don't we, you know, it sounds obvious when you say it like this, but you know, let, let's just start the day with a call and let's do that instead, which is, I get, I guess a bit kind of agile methodology of the standup, but we didn't call it that. We didn't use that exact same framework. This leads me to ask you about the culture that you have tried to create where you are. So in order to get people to speak quite honestly about the mistakes they've made, to be honest, or the difficulties they face, honestly, so that something can be done and they can get the support they need, um, how do you achieve it? So, so when I was kind of trying to learn more about project management and the leadership side of things, I came across Colin D. Ellis. And, he, and he, there's a couple of books I read, but one of them talks about the, like, the importance of project leadership. 
to the point that I think, and I've told Colin this, <laughs> I think I probably stole everything from that book and just presented it to my team. And they talked about the technical skills, right? And they talked about, he talks about the project management skills. And like, you know, those are your fundamentals. Absolutely, you need to understand how you deliver end-to-end projects. You need to understand how to, you know, initiate, how to plan, how to execute. All those things that, that you'd learn on the APM learning portal, you'd learn throughout, you know, listening to your podcast, those kind of technical skills. But then the other two things are around leadership and culture. And without those, he, he made this really good quote, which again, I've stolen, which was the fact that, you know, when, you, when you've been on a great project, no, nobody remembers the Gantt chart. You, you know, you remember the person and it's people who run projects. And, and even in a world that we're turning into with AI and chat GBT and all that stuff, right, we still will always need great project managers and people on projects. I wholeheartedly believe that. So we talked about how you have to create environments that people want to do great work. Can you give us some specifics and tips so people who might be listening right now think, yes, I want that kind of culture where people falling over themselves to work with us. Have you come across anything that really works? I think one of the biggest frustrations people have when they're on projects, in my experience, is that you don't feel your your voice is heard. You know, we we have a lot of projects where you'll have some really strong characters. You know, media agencies are full of really strong characters who are, I mean, Christ, they're so clever. Do you know what I mean? Like, like ridiculous brain boxes in our organisation who are, but also they will, you know, they they are so experienced. They sometimes they can take over a meeting. They can take over a project, and you'll have new, you know new people join who would then sit back and not kind of lean into the project because actually I can't get a word in edgeway. So I think one of the biggest things we're talking about is making sure as a PM that you're you're engaging with everybody, you're making sure that everybody feels included in a project so that they feel they're adding value. Because ultimately that's what, you know, nobody comes into work to do a terrible job each day. Um, you know, you want to you, yeah, you have done some great work. And I think it's the PM's job to facilitate that and make sure that the people within their project team, you know, you ultimately you're responsible for them. It's not necessarily that, you know, you're not line managing them, but for the purposes of that project, they're plugged into you and you're responsible for them. So it's the PM's job to make sure that they're supporting them, that they're guiding them through the projects that they're answering questions that they're you know they're open they're honest they're recognizing where things have fallen off track and they're supporting to get it back on track again like you say maybe yeah maybe that that sounds obvious but until you kind of really look at applying that i think sometimes in my experience working with working with project management you would ju- it would just be like well that's the milestone you that's the deadline you've got to hit it regardless of like there's no empathy and i think bringing that that empathy to project management and the projects that we run is, is like that's a massive game changer have there been any surprises along the kind of PMO journey? And and will you indulge us with them? <laughs> or did you plan everything down to the kind of nth degree in your 70-page business plan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I did. It was I didn't follow I think the it was about the surprise, I think some of it was about like how nice and rewarding the little wins are. So even um I mean this sounds daft, but even like at the beginning of the year. We present. We have our company meeting, and there was a presentation of some of the kind of structural changes or whatever, and and you know standard business stuff. But project management was on the slide of all these departments. All these specialisms was on there, right next to all the other specialisms. Like I talk about, like all these you know brilliantly brainy people in all these really important things, and that never happened ever. You know, project management was not talked about in that way. And I think that was, it was the little win surprised me to the point I got a bit emotional seeing it on screen. That that kind of recognition of the work you do and, and, and your team does, 
How do you think that's part of a broader trend of organisations recognising project management as a function and something valuable and increasingly needs to be done properly? Yeah, hundred percent. Not just, I mean, the technical skills absolutely as well. But also, those softer skills that we talked about, um, like the leadership, the empathy on proj- on projects, particularly. I think we've always known, like in leadership space, people like senior leaders need to be more empathetic, whatever it's like. But actually, now I think people are seeing that that's true on every piece of work and projects and whatever. I remember reading there was uh, in your brilliant project magazine, there was this wonderful article with um, Channel 4 that really inspired me because it was kind of like, you know, here's a creative partner that we work with day in, day out. Brilliant at what they do. So creative. But here they were talking about how they'd put PMO into the center of their operation and they were changing their language to not talk about projects, talk about delivery, those kind of things. And suddenly what you've got is a... is project management being part of the strategic vision of that company. You know, so yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, more and more is becoming important. I think you see kind of articles about, you know, what could organizations have, you know, chief project officers in the future and that kind of thing. That's never been discussed in my, you know, from what I've seen in my time doing this. What, what do you get from project management? So you've come from a very creative background and people wouldn't necessarily think of project management as being creative. That That's the kind of... I think that's probably a, f- a false concept. Um, but what do you personally enjoy about project management? It is that collaboration thing, which sounds cheesy, I know. But, you know, you, you if you've got the right mix of people on the projects and it's like a really diverse mix of, of talent, um, you're hearing new voices, that's a real buzz kind of, you know. And, and, and then the other thing is like seeing your stuff out in the world. Yeah, that's hugely rewarding because you actually see, you know, the the point of projects is you see the things going out into the world, right? This isn't BAU where it's just always ticking along and never gets done, never gets finished. You know, the great thing about it, the really rewarding thing for me is that that work then goes out into the world. Have you got any advice for those at the other end of the scale? So any advice on how to deal with senior execs or C-suite around project management and, and their understanding of it? I think it's just showing like doing this, the work and showing the value and i think understanding that you need to deliver things quickly and you don't always have time to show value so it's looking at where are the quick wins that you can um show value to um c-suite in that sense don't get too bogged down in the tools and the tech they're important absolutely important and crucial you know that you know those things inside out absolutely that's kind of you know that's, that should be a given but look at how you can kind of customize and be flexible and tailor those to fit with your business because i think every single business is different everybody you know you need you, you need to kind of arm yourself with everything in the toolkit to be able to speak the language of c-suite you know some some people love like reading you know plowing through all the detail they love all the you know the graphs and the status and the big long reports and all that kind of stuff but then other people, it's all about storytelling. It's just about, you know, how, how do you get, you know, they're not going to read through all your data. They're not going to look through all your graphs or whatever. It's just tailoring that approach to the stakeholders. And I think that's kind of particularly true of, of the people at that, you know, they haven't got any time to read, to, to plow through my 70-page business plan. If there's anything else you wanted to add, we've covered a lot and lots of valuable advice and, you know, ex- exciting times, I think. Yeah, I think it is exciting. I think it's... Um, it's a journey, right? So it's not, it's that exciting thing is like, it's never done. And I think that's, um, and that is different to a project, right? Usually on a project, it finishes, you're off. But the PMO, you know, it's constantly, how do we, how do we evolve? How do we um, improve? How do we 
change our ways of working. And I think whatever's to come in terms of, you know, artificial intelligence and, you know, we'd be having a very different conversation in five years time if we were doing this, because there's so much stuff coming at us day in, day out that we need to embrace. And that could be terrifying for, you know, here I'm guy, well, am I 47? Yeah, that could be really scary to go, oh my goodness me, there's all this stuff that I've got to learn and there's, you know, our computers are going to do some of this bits and bobs and well, that's really exciting. And so I think, you know, from a PMO perspective, it's like, you know, and certainly for us at Wavemaker, it's kind of like, this is only the beginning, really. It's like where this can go is is just, you know, really exciting. Okay, thanks, Dan. Brilliant to talk to you. Thank you for, for sharing your time with us and your wisdom and uh, wishing you the best of luck with all the projects you you work on. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Dan for joining us and to you for listening to the APM podcast. Don't forget to look out for more episodes or to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'd welcome you to get in touch with your comments, feedback and suggestions by emailing us at apmpodcasts at thinkpublishing.co.uk. This podcast has been brought to you by APM, the chartered body for the project profession. For more information on APM, visit apm.org.uk.